taller. Yeah, it's snowing, raining, and terrible. So Leslie grew up in Maryland and went to the University of Virginia. What was your major? Double, double major. I've heard about that. <laughs> Political science, because you thought you were... I thought I was going to go work in D.C. Work in D.C. Oh, she's not on. Is your green light on? I don't know. You just handed it to me. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So following graduation from the University of Virginia in Charlottesville, which you probably love. Oh, man. Greatest place on earth. Greatest place. Uh, came here to Memphis, started working with RUF 10 years ago. 13. Oh, my word. 13 years ago. So, Leslie is a member of this church. She's on staff with Reform University Ministries, RUF, Reform University Fellowship. And we're grateful for you. And thank you for coming today. And we'll get started. Thanks, Lisa. I'm glad to be here with y'all. Um, there's something really sweet about, I mean, my students are adults, but they're not really adults. So there's something really sweet about getting to be with a group of adult women. So it's a delight to be here um, tonight. And it's particularly delightful because my students this week got shipped out to hotels all out in Collierville and Germantown. And so it has been a weird week of ministry. So this has been buoying my spirits this week. So thank you for being here. Um, I hope that y'all survived snow week and boil water week and Wherever else you were um, this week, um, I'm just, it's a delight to be here. So I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to read Matthew 6. So if y'all would pray with me. Heavenly Father, um, I thank you that you are a God who delights to hear from your people, and that you delight so much that you teach us how to pray, um, that you don't leave us wandering and bumbling in the dark, but that you provide us the words, Lord. And Father, today, as we learn what it means to ask for our daily bread, um, would you be our sustenance? Would you be where we find life and we find rest and where we find our hope? Um, in the day-to-day -day that can feel so hard and so overwhelming, Lord, would you remind us of your deep love? It's in your son's name I pray. Amen. So I am going to start us out by reading... The Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, and I'm going to start in verse 7. So if y'all want to turn there with me on your phone, in your Bible, will not offend me if you pull your phone out. Again, I work with college students, so if you're not on TikTok, you're a step above where I am. Um, but um, So we're going to look at Matthew 6, starting in verse 7. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And that's where I'm going to pause, because that's what we're going to focus on today, this petition for daily bread. So, like Lisa said, I work at Rhodes with college students. And if you don't know Rhodes students, they um, pride themselves on being accomplished and driven and bold, and they're not afraid to confront you and bring up a big conversation. But with all their fancy internships and all their experience, one of the most dreaded times for me is when we are ending a Bible study. And it could be the world's best Bible study ever. 
We've shared our highs and lows. We've been really vulnerable. We've dove into the scriptures, and we've really talked about what God's doing in our lives and how he's convicting us, and they've shared their hearts and fears in prayer requests. And then we get to that dreaded moment where I say, who would like to close us in prayer? And my incredibly brilliant, articulate Rhodes students have suddenly lost the ability to speak. They are staring at me, and I'm staring back at them, and they are praying silently that I will not call on them to ask them to close us in prayer. And you could hear a pin drop in that room until me or my intern finally says, fine, we'll do it, it's fine. (laughs) And I always laugh, and I shake my head at their fear. But I think if I'm honest, and maybe if you're honest in this room, we feel similarly about prayer. It's something we know we should do, but we don't know where to start or where to fit it into our schedules. And when we do pray, it's often mindless and mechanical. I found myself this Sunday reciting the Lord's Prayer in church and thinking about my grocery list that I needed to go to the grocery store and get so I could beat the snow. The Lord's Prayer was not the focus of where I was and what I was doing. Often our prayers feel disingenuous because it feels like we're approaching God like this magical Santa Claus of trying to get what we want when all other routes we've taken have failed. And honestly, it sometimes just feels like the things we are praying aren't ever heard and they don't make any difference. But here in Matthew 6, Jesus is teaching us how to pray. And he's teaching us that prayer is actually how we commune in relationship with our Heavenly Father. We have a father that Jesus tells us in verse 8 knows what we need before we even ask him. And Jesus uses the Lord's Prayer here to show us that prayer is a posture of relying in childlike dependence on our perfect heavenly father who is so tender and loves us so deeply. Prayer is communing with God, praising our good and loving heavenly father and acknowledging his work in the world and in our lives. And because of his deep love for us, because he cares for us, we are sharing our fears and our needs and our hearts with him. Jesus gives us the Lord's Prayer as a structure to orient us to how to express these things to God. Think about it this way. When you sit down with your spouse when they come home from work, when you sit down with a friend, when you come home from work and want to tell people about your day, what do you do to generate conversation? You ask questions around certain topics. You bring up what's been going on and you dive deeper on those issues. How's work today? How's your family? How's that project going? This is what the Lord's Prayer does for us. It gives us categories and words to approach God, to orient us to who he is and how he is at work in the world. And I know you've covered some of these already, but just as a preface, I want to look briefly at how he does that and then really dive in on our petition today. So he does it first by telling us to look up and acknowledge who God is. In verse 9, it says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We are acknowledging who we are praying to, our Father, the God of the universe, whose, names des- whose name deserves to be hallowed and who also loves us deeply. Secondly, it orients us by teaching us to look out and see what God is doing in the world around us. Verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
The Lord's Prayer helps us take in the brokenness of the world and the sorrow and the hurt around us and acknowledge this isn't the way it's supposed to be and to beg God to usher his redemption into that, to usher in the glory of his kingdom. And then thirdly, and this is where we're going to dwell today, the Lord's Prayer orients us by teaching us to look inward, to see God at work in our hearts and in our lives. And the first way it does that is through this petition of give us this day our daily bread. And I have thought about this a lot, especially, you know, we've had a snow week, so I've rewritten this talk like three times. (laughs) Um, But I've thought about this a lot in that I love that we as women are gathered in a room to consider this request. Because in the world we live in, the topic of bread can be such a challenging thing for us to talk about. We've heard so much, it's bad for us, or we shouldn't eat it. And we've come up with all these ways to make it high protein and low carb, and it's not delicious anymore. And many of us are actually allergic to it, and we can't eat it. And in our world, it's become this weird filler or the accompaniment to a delicious meal rather than the star of the show. We've come to see it as a non-essential and maybe even a negative part of life. But in Jesus' context, bread was an absolutely essential piece of life. It was one of the main forms of sustenance. In the world before forks and knives, it was how the rest of your food got to your mouth. It was an essential part of every meal, an essential part of life, an essential aspect of being kept alive each day. And when we petition God for our daily bread, It points us beyond simply loaves served at meals and calls us to ask God for everything we need to sustain us in our daily bread, in our daily lives. Jesus is teaching us God wants us to ask for his care in the daily, the mundane, and the basic activities. Our prayers are not the fillers to our Christian life. Our prayers are not the fillers to the rest of the meal but they are meant to be life-giving and life-sustaining means of communing with our Heavenly Father. So I want to unpack how Jesus is teaching us that through three points, because my brain thinks in threes. I don't know, maybe it's because I grew up PCA, but that's how my brain thinks. So we're going to talk about why we need to ask for our daily bread, what asking for daily bread teaches us, and where our daily bread points us. So why we need to ask for daily bread. Why is this an important part of the Lord's Prayer? Why would Jesus think to include this? Because he knows us. He knows our needs. He knows our worries. He knows our struggles. And I don't know about you, but each morning when I wake up, the same thing starts to happen in my brain. How am I going to survive today? Whether it's because I am snowed in and alone in my house or stuck in the house with three children that I don't know what to do with, or because I am overwhelmed by the tasks of the day. We immediately start to run through our list, don't we? How do I do this? What am I going to do? How am I going to accomplish this incredibly difficult task? How am I going to parent my children when I'm already so exhausted and don't know how to get out of bed? How am I going to love my spouse when I feel unloved and unseen? How am I going to manage this incredibly challenging friendship in my life? How am I going to get it all done? And why we need this petition is really simple. We're exhausted. We're overwhelmed. 
We're facing things in life that feel unmanageable, and we're at the end of our ropes. Maybe this has, feels particularly harsh after a snow week. Um, I have been thinking this a lot recently um, because I went to Disney World. I know, you go to Disney World and you have to talk about Disney World. I apologize already. Um, but here's what you learn in Disney as an adult. It's a magical place. It truly is. But that magic only happens when someone is keeping the schedule and keeping you going and booking everything and getting you where you need to be. Because here's how it goes at Disney. You want to go to this amazing park and ride these amazing rides and see all these incredible characters. But the rides, some of them are only available if you wake up early and book the lane. So you're exhausted from the day before, but you set your alarm for 6.45 so you can book your queue at 7 so you can get on this ride that there's no other way to get on. And then you get everyone up and dressed and sunscreened and out the door to breakfast so you can be at the park in time for the gates to open so you can rush to your ride. And then, after you've rushed to that ride, you take a breath and you schedule these things called lightning lanes so you don't spend your whole day standing in line. So you go to one lightning lane over here, but then your next lightning lane is all the way across the park and you are running across the park to make that lightning lane. But then the parade is over here and so you're running back over here to get to the parade. And what happens is to maintain the magic, you are marching yourself from side to side in the park trying to check everything off your list and you have a magical vacation that you come home from utterly exhausted and needing a vacation from your vacation. And this is how we live our lives. We are running from thing to thing, trying to squeeze in one more activity, one more task, trying to please one more person, trying to engage in one more self-improvement plan. We're going to eat better, exercise more, and spend more quality time with the people we love. Trying to pretend for one more day that we don't have limits or need boundaries. And we're exhausted. We're physically exhausted, our bodies are failing us. Something's always hurting. We have no idea when was the last time we fed ourselves or took a sip of water. We're chasing our children around, trying to keep up with all the activities we scheduled for them and for us that are essential to them getting into college and being happy and whole human beings. We're trying to make ends meet, wondering where the money is going and how we can afford this lifestyle that we think is essential to being happy. We are constantly thinking about and talking about doing work because somehow it's supposed to give us worth and meaning and value and security. And we're worn out. But we aren't just physically worn out, we're spiritually worn out. Because we're trying to squeeze our life with Jesus into this already jam-packed schedule and it constantly feels cheap and uninspiring and unmeaningful. We don't have the time to stop and take stock of our hearts and minds. So when somebody at church says, how are you? We go, I, I don't know. Uh, good, maybe. We long to be loved by our church and by Christian community, and yet there doesn't seem to be enough hours in the day. And honestly, it feels like our prayers are falling on deaf ears, that God doesn't hear us, that our exhaustion doesn't matter to him, that he can't fix it or stop it. And why are we living this way? Because we think somehow if we can just make everything going, go according to our plan, that we will be secure, we'll be happy, we'll be provided for, we'll have the perfect family or the perfect social circle. 
We are trying to prove we are self-sufficient enough to achieve it all on our own, and we're caught in this never-ending rat race. And this petition, give us this day our daily bread, is given to slow us down, to invite us to rest. Jesus is telling us to ask for our daily bread to expose the ineffectualness of our idolatry of busyness and self-sufficiency. That as much as we plan or run around or work, we cannot sustain ourselves because our plans fail. They exhaust us. They fall apart. This prayer teaches us to acknowledge to God that we are not in charge and we cannot control what comes on a daily basis. It invites us to stop and to rest in the daily provision of our Heavenly Father who knows what we need before we even ask for it. To find our security not in ourselves and in what we can accomplish and hold together, but in the promise that our Heavenly Father is always at work on our behalf. Doesn't that sound so much more fulfilling than these schedules we've created? To trust that rather than running ourselves ragged, we can trust God is at work each and every day. So how does this petition teach us to see God at work, providing us our daily bread? It teaches us that we're dependent. Think with me for a minute about asking for daily bread. When bread was baked in Jesus' day, it was baked for the day. There were no preservatives. It wasn't keeping for a week of school lunches. It was baked for that day's needs. When we pray for our daily bread, we are asking God to simply provide what we need for that day. And this is so countercultural because we are the people who go to Costco for a month's supply of toilet paper and freezer meals. We want to have a contingency plan and emergency fund for everything in our lives. Yet this petition is calling us simply to ask God for what we need today, to sustain us today to remind us he is faithful right now, in this moment. And to do that, this petition forces us to acknowledge we are incapable of getting through even today on our own. It forces us to admit we need something outside of ourselves. We are reminding ourselves in this petition we need God not just for those big things that we talk about often, but for the daily little moments each and every day. We are reminding ourselves that God has his loving fatherly hand on every moment of our lives. And as I think about my stressed, worried, anxious self, this is so beautiful. By praying, give us this day our daily bread, we are reminding ourselves God is at work no matter how overwhelmed we are. And our call today is to rest in him and to ask him to provide what we need right now. We get so overwhelmed by what we need for next week, next month, 10 years down the road. Yet in this petition, God is telling us we don't have to lay out all those fears. We don't have to know how to bring that all to God. We can simply ask for what we need right now. There's just so much peace to simply pray for today's bread. The things we fear, the things that make us anxious, they're real, they're big, they're scary. They're overwhelming. They're about the health and protection of our loved ones, about the security of our future, about really big and important life decisions. 
and it can feel impossible to know how to pray or what to pray for. How do I even start to pray for God to heal the disease that seems impossible? How do I even start to pray for the Lord to change the heart of the child that feels so far from him? How do I pray for this friend in the hardest season of life imaginable? How do I start to pray for the Lord to end a season in my life that feels unending and painful? Jesus gives you the words to pray right here. You pray for your daily bread. Lord, ease my pain in this body today. Bring encouragement today. Place someone in my child's life today who will show them Jesus. Encourage me today as I sit in this hard season. Sustain my friend today. Put people in her life to love her today. Lord, remind me today that you love me, that you are good, that you are on your throne. We are meant to be needy, dependent people crying out to our Savior each and every day. What is your fear? What's your anxiety? What's crippling you today? God is calling you here in this petition to ask him to sustain you right here, right now, to give you your daily bread. And because of that, this petition teaches us we can pray for the most common and the most unextraordinary of things. This petition asks for bread, the most basic human food. Jesus has moved in the Lord's Prayer from verse 10, where he is asking God to bring his kingdom to earth, to work his will in the whole world. And then he moves to ask for the most basic of sustenance. Jesus is teaching us to ask God for common things. The things that you think are too simple and too insignificant for the God of the universe, Jesus wants you to pray for that. One of the most tender things in the world to me is to hear a child pray because they ask for the sweetest and most absurd of things. Um, and one of my college friends came in town in December for the UVA Memphis basketball game. And she brought her two kids so that we could begin the very long, very painful process of indoctrinating them into the painful roller coaster that is UVA sports. Um, and we were at dinner before the game, and her sweet little five-year-old, Sadie, asked to pray for dinner. And Sadie's prayer went a little something like this. Dear Lord, thank you for this pizza. Please let it be yummy to our bodies, and please help UVA to win. Amen. And we all giggled and moved on, and God didn't see fit to answer that prayer with a win. Surely he's teaching me something about what I'm emotionally dependent on there. Um, and I'm not telling you all to pray for your sports teams here. But there is something so sweet in this prayer in that Sadie trusted that even her cheese pizza and a UVA basketball game mattered to God. Because what did Sadie believe when she prayed that? She believed that the God of the universe loves her so much and listened so attentively to her little five-year-old voice that nothing was too unimportant for her to bring to him. She believed that God cared about her plain cheese pizza and a college basketball game. Do you believe this when you pray? That this God who cares about renewing and restoring all of creation, he cares just as much about your plain cheese pizza the most basic and common thing in your life. And he is calling us to pray for anything and everything we think we need to sustain us. He doesn't specify. 
Jesus doesn't give a list of, okay, this is appropriate to pray for in your daily bread, and this is not appropriate. He doesn't downgrade certain needs or tell us we're being over the top or too much or asking too much of him. He teaches us to pray for bread, whatever it is we need uh, to sustain us. Praise the Lord that he sees each of you in this room and your unique story, and he wants to sustain you. He wants to give you life-giving bread each and every day. And he wants you to trust his love for you so much that you come to him and you ask, like sweet five-year-old Sadie. He cares about your bodies and your physical needs, the ways we struggle day in and day out to occupy these bodies. He cares about your hurt and your pain and your experience. He cares about your fears and your worries. But he also cares about the frustration you have putting your child's socks and shoes on to get out the door to get to church on time. And he cares about the daily frustrations you experience at work. He cares about your anxiety over that noise your car keeps making and you're really scared to take it in because you don't know how you're going to afford that repair. This means your job, your friendships, they matter. And God wants you to pray for them. Your loneliness, your heartache, the things your friends forget to ask you about, they matter. And God calls you to bring them to him. The things that you don't even know how to start to pray for, you can pray for the Lord to simply meet you in them, to provide daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread is an invitation for us to abide in Jesus by trusting that he cares about every aspect of our lives. To abide in his love so deeply that we do not separate any aspect of our lives from him but instead to bring it all to our Father, asking him to be the Lord of our hearts and lives. This includes the things we do every day without even thinking about him, whether that's routine meetings at work, making meals and feeding our families, paying our bills, doing our laundry. The Lord is inviting you by asking for your daily bread to abide with him in every activity. This petition to God is reminding us not to fit God into what is already happening in our lives, but instead to see our lives as joining in the work God is already doing in the world, to be a part of God's redemptive, restorative plan in the world. It is asking God to take every moment of our lives and to show us how he is sustaining and using those moments for his glory. Notice that this prayer is not give me this day, my daily bread. It is give us this day, our daily bread. It's a communal prayer. When we pray this prayer, we are asking God to expand our hearts, to not simply be focused on our needs. We are asking him to make us aware of the needs of others. This petition teaches us to attune ourselves to those around us. We are called to pray for the daily bread of those in the pews with us. But it also means we are called to attune ourselves to the needs of those in the city around us. And this is where this petition connects to the one before. Our longing for the kingdom to come, for God to usher in his redemptive work. We begin to see glimpses of the work God is doing by praying corporately for our daily bread. By praying for God 
to provide for and sustain his people. We are asking day by day that he show us how he is at work sustaining us in the world. This is why we do things like pray for missionaries and pray for other churches and pray for organizations in our city because that is how we see the Lord at work providing daily bread. And in order to do that, to pray for the Lord to provide daily bread to us, we have to make others aware of our daily needs. So often we hide the things in our lives that need prayer, the financial fears that we wonder how we're going to survive, the illnesses that have come in that we don't know what to do with, the anger and stress we feel in our homes and with our children, the sadness of our broken families and relationships. But Jesus here is telling us these prayers for the Lord to sustain us are meant to be corporate. We are meant to be praying for one another. And in order to do that, we have to be engaged with the lives of one another. We need to allow the body of Christ to engage with our needs and our struggles. So this might mean actually inviting people into our lives when they are the most messy and the most broken, and we want people to stay out of them the most. When we are at our wit's end because our children are home and we don't know what to do. This means allowing other believers into our decision-making, into how we live our lives and spend our money, into the choices we make with our careers, into the decisions we make with our families. This petition calls us to be dependent with our needs both on God and on the community he has placed around us. This is a hard task. Living in this dependency is hard, especially because so often the daily bread we receive, it's not the daily bread we want or asked for. We often find that the daily bread the Lord gives us feels like sawdust. It doesn't feel life-sustaining or life-giving. In fact, it feels like it's choking us. In those moments, when it feels like the Lord is starving us, when the daily bread feels bitter and unmanageable, this petition points us beyond what we think will sustain us for the day. And this petition actually points us and reminds us of the one who calls himself the bread of life. In John 6, Jesus feeds the 5,000. He provides for their daily bread. He meets their very real need of the day. And then he tells them in verse 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. And then in verse 51, he goes on and he says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. This is Jesus' promise to us, that he is our daily bread. He meets all of our needs. He is the one who sustains us. In the darkest moments, when it feels like daily bread we are given is too much or is not enough, is the Lord withholding his kindness to us, we can look to Jesus and know that he gave not only to feed the people's physical needs, but he gave of himself to meet our deepest hurts, our deepest longings, our deepest brokenness. We can know that Jesus loves us. He wants to sustain us and to fill us each and every day 
so much so that he went to the cross. He went to the very darkest of places where his daily needs were not sustained, where he would feel the utter abandonment of God so that we can know we will never be abandoned. Our daily needs will never be forgotten so that we can know God will never forsake us. So when we pray this prayer, give us this day our daily bread, what are we truly praying? We're praying, give me Jesus. Fill me with the only thing that can actually sustain me. The life, death, and resurrection and coming restoration that we will receive in the love of King Jesus. And this Jesus, he promises so much more than daily bread. He promises that one day we're going to feast with him in the house of Zion, that we'll weep no more. This is true life-giving, sustaining bread, friends. Are we feasting on this Jesus? Are we seeking to be sustained by him and his love? For many of us in here, this past year was the hardest we've ever faced. Brokenness overwhelmed us in ways we couldn't have imagined. And this picture of a sustaining Jesus, one who gives daily bread, it's not squaring with our reality. With the pain and the sorrow we've faced and seen, it doesn't square with the brokenness of our relationships, the unanswered longings of our hearts, the sickness and the pain that we feel. And this petition, it's exactly for those of us who are in that spot right now. Because this petition calls you to bring that sorrow, those unanswered longing, those angry cries to God, and to trust that he hears you and he sustains you. Here's what we are asking by asking God to give us this daily bread. It is not, Lord, change my circumstances to what I want. But instead, it is, Lord, change my heart so I can rest in the unchanging character of a God who will never forget me, or abandon me, and who utterly delights in me. We are begging God in this petition to bring us true satisfaction by teaching us to rest in who he is, because that is what will truly fill us. That is the true answer to our longings. Knowing he is a God who it is impossible for him to give us anything other than his perfect love that he is a God who promises he will never abandon us, that he is a father who utterly delights in us. By praying for our daily bread, we are praying for God to change us so we find true contentment in the provision and providence of a God who loves us so much he didn't spare his son. This prayer, it brings balm to our weary souls Because when Jesus, the bread of life, feeds us, we are offered perfect love and comfort. And when we are offered this, we are so less likely to stuff our souls with the busyness and the rat race that will never satisfy. We are so less likely to think the next thing or the next accomplishment is what will provide for us. Because we are resting in a heavenly Father who has accomplished complete victory on our behalf and who promises to sustain us not just with bread, but at his banqueting table. Would you all pray with me? Heavenly Father, we long for your banqueting table. 
We long to feel full on the beauty of your love and your promises. And would you fill us with that today, Lord? Would you sustain us wherever we are today, Lord, in our hurts, in our anxieties, in our worries? Would you meet us with your love and with your faithfulness? Um, Father, we cannot do it on our, our own. We are worn out. Would you meet us? Would you remind us of the life you give in your son? It's in your son's name I pray. Amen.